rising of the sun to the going down of the same. The Lord's name is worthy to be praised. Can I get some saints who love the Lord, who's not ashamed to stand to their feet and give God some praises in the sanctuary? Amen. Amen. If that was for me, that would be all right. I would bow and shout for that. But can we give God some praises? Amen. The Lord has been good to us. Amen. Another day's journey. Here we are once again in the house of God. And I am excited. I'm excited for several reasons. First of all, I'm excited that I'm in the house of God one more time. It's a privilege and an honor to be here. Amen. I don't count it as if I had the right to be here because God woke me up this morning. I didn't wake myself up, and I thank God for this great opportunity to come to worship him once again. Secondly, I'm excited. This word, y'all, has been bubbling up in my soul all week. I done shouted a couple of times. Amen. I, I am excited. And y'all help me because I don't want to run ahead of God and get too excited and don't get everything out. But, amen, let's look to the Lord in a word of prayer. And I, I pray that uh, you would just be just excited as I am about this word. Amen. Let's look to the Lord. Father, we thank you for this great privilege and this great honor to be in worship once again. God, we thank you that nothing could keep us from getting here. God, every demonic force that uh, wanted to come up against us, Lord, you blocked it. God, thank you that early this morning, God, that you allowed us to wake up this morning with a reasonable portion of help. And God, thank you that we got blood running warm in our veins. Thank you that our minds are in its right frame. Thank you that we have a regular heartbeat, God. We Thank you, God, that we have activities of our limbs. God, we just want to say thank you this morning. And God, we ask even right now that you would have your way in the sanctuary. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Heavenly Dove, with all your quickening might and power, and breathe afresh on us. Come, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Not our way be done, but your way be done. Not our will be done but your will be done. Move with your healing hand in this sanctuary. Move on the airways. God, move by your spirit, we ask. We ask that you would move me behind the cross, that, oh God, only you would be seen in here, that you would get the glory, the honor, and the praises. We thank you in advance for what you're going to do. In fact, God, we shout in advance. We've not seen it yet. We've not experienced it yet. God, you have not even spoke through your word yet, but God, you're so good. Your credit is so pure. You always show up. You always show out. So God, we say hallelujah in advance. God, we worship you in advance. We magnify you in advance. We exalt you in advance. God, we give you glory in advance. God, hallelujah, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen? Amen. So our scripture today, we've been going through the books of Acts for uh, all of you that have been coming and you that may be tuning in. We have gone line by line through the book of Acts. 
What an exciting journey that has been. Amen. We are so excited how we have been growing and learning how the first century church was established, how they were uh, persecuted, uh, how they uh, continued to move forward in spite of persecution. Amen. Amen. Last week, Pastor Stephen, Stephen talked about uh, uh, Peter and uh, James, right? And uh, James being beheaded. Amen. And uh, so Peter was in prison. Amen. And the church prayed. Amen. What a word that is. In spite of persecution, in spite of where Peter was, the church was still faithfully praying. And we ought to be a praying church. We ought to be a faithful praying church. Amen. That's why I get excited every uh, Tuesday. And every uh, Tuesday when I get that announcement about the prayer meeting and all those individuals that we've been praying for week after week after week. And then we see the hand of God moving and delivering and healing folks. Amen. I get those also, uh, the prayer, the praises, how God has healed people, how God has delivered people. And I praise God that we are a praying church. Can we give God some praises for that? Amen. 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 So this week, this week, our text is found in Acts chapter 12. Verses 20 to 25. And for you that need a, a, a title or we want to hang a title on this text, we can say all of the glory belongs to God. All of the glory belongs to God. And I have three points that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the, the predicament of the uh, people. Amen. Then we're going to talk about the pride of Herod. And then we're going to look at the power of God. Amen? The predicament of the people. The pride of Herod. And then we're going to look at the power of God. Who would have think of trying to rob God of his glory? Of taking credit or praise to themselves for something that God has accomplished? Actually, each of us in our pride struggles with that temptation every day. The human spirit longs to rec for recognition and appreciation. We want others to think highly of us and to praise us for our accomplishments. We can easily identify with the motivation of those who erected the impressive Tower of Babel. Let us make for ourselves a name. In one way or another, our lips mimic the proud words of King Nebuchadnezzar. Is this not Babylon the Great, which I, myself, have built as a royal residence? Hallelujah, by the might of my power and for the glory of my majesty. This is nothing new to Scripture. Lucifer tried it. Adam and Eve tried it. Pharaoh exalted himself against God of heaven. His, his self-exaltation resulted in death for himself and for many of his people. Belshazzar lifted himself up against the Lord God. His self-glorification resulted in the overthrow of his kingdom by the Medes and the Persians. Jesus warned anyone 
who would follow him. Whosoever exalts himself will be humble, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Then Jesus said another time when he was with the disciples in the book of Luke, he said, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Christ never exalted himself. The danger is even more pronounced in the context of Christianity, where the Holy Spirit gifts us in special ways to bring forth fruit that will be impossible to produce in our natural sense. It amazes me how when God uses individuals that they can stand in the posture of my, didn't I sing greatly or didn't I preach greatly or didn't I minister greatly or teach greatly. That's a dangerous place to be for a Christian. Everything we do, wherever God chooses to use us, is for his glory. Can I get an amen to that? Because the truth of the matter is, God chooses to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. God chooses us. In our weakness, God chooses us in our messed up state to be used by him. And who are we to try to steal that glory from God? The reality of the matter is, I know for me, if it was left up to me, I definitely would not be standing behind this pulpit. When you look out at people's faces, oh my God. Only the Lord, only the power of the Holy Spirit that rests, rules, and abides in me gives me the boldness to stand in spite of people not saying amen, in spite of people not saying hallelujah, in spite of individuals not raising up their hand because I realize that it's the Lord that's working in and through me. Amen. Amen. Somebody ought to get excited about that because you, ain't, you know and you understand that if it had not been for the Lord who is on your side, if it had not been for the Lord working in and through you, the truth of the matter is my personality is not one that will be here behind the pulpit. My personality is more of an extrovert, more of a person that are thinking, analytical, that will sit back and, we, and check and scope out the whole place. But to be standing in the pulpit, I realize that there's nobody but the Lord. Amen. Amen. That one was for me because I got excited about that. Amen. That was exciting to know that only the Lord uh, uh, uses us and he ought to get the glory. Amen. Uh, and and that, that blows my mind because, you know, uh, uh, some of us... Uh, uh, think that we got it all together, that we are all of that, a bag of chips, you know, a, a Coke and a T-shirt, that, that we got it all together, that we got all, all knowledge, all, all power, all knowing, that we got it all together. Well, 
the truth of the matter is, the Bible says that all of us come short of the glory of God. All of us drop the ball. All of us is messed up. All of us uh, go in the wrong direction. All of us are prone to wander. And I thank God, in spite of that, God uses people for his glory. Amen. That's good news. That's good news, y'all, because God chooses to use us. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this word because, you know, God uh, uh, should get all the glory in every aspect of our life. Every aspect. Amen. And I, I, I looked at this text and I looked at the predicament of these people. Look at this text here. It's right there in verse 20 here. Right here in verse 20, it says, uh, Now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, but they came to him with one accord, and having made Blastus the king's personal aid, their friend. They asked for peace because their, their country was supplied with food by the king's country. Yeah, Herod was annoyed with these people. They had a predicament. Herod was angry with Tyre and Sidon, and they came to him with one accord. The word for angry means furious, exceedingly hostile, enraged, and is in the present tense, indicating that Herod was continuously angry with these people. Proverbs 29 comes to my mind. When the wicked rule, the people groom. We're not really sure how these cities got on the bad side of Herod because a history does not tell us why. Perhaps it's because of some unfair trade competition between these two seaport towns. Tyra and Sidon were independent city-states, but they came together to make an appeal and having persuaded Blastus, Blastus the king's chamberlain, they asked for peace because their country depended on the king's country for food. A chamberlain was a personal assistant who was responsible for the king's living quarters and guarding his personal finance. Perhaps the famine mentioned in Acts chapter 11, 28, was making their situation worse. In any case, they needed Blastus to help them with the animosity so Herod would lift the grain embargo. We don't know for sure, but they may have bribed Blastus. Herod was upset because they were behind in their duty to pay their taxes, and they continually struggled him off. So there's a feast in Herod's, Herod's honor to try and smooth things over a bit. And Herod, with all his power and all his pomp and circumstances, you see in our text here, where it leads us to our second point, that it was the pride of Herod that is going to be his downfall. The people had a predicament. The people came to Herod. 
They understood Herod's personality. And it's amazing. We got to be careful how folks can pull on our emotions and know how to make us do some stuff. I, I, I've, I've learned a long time ago that in Christendom, that you got to be careful because folks will pump you up, lift you up, put you out there on that pedestal. And soon as you drop the ball, they will drop that pedestal too. You got to be careful because in spite of who you are and what you are, you ought to realize and recognize that it's the Lord's doing in our lives and it's marvelous in his sight. It's nothing that we do that we deserve the glory or the honor. And that's very important, y'all, because I've seen preachers, I've seen pastors, I've seen people that people, hey, 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 you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And soon as they fell, they kicked them to the side. And that's careful. We got to be careful, too, as preachers. We can't allow folks to put us up on pedestals. We ain't king. We ain't God. We don't have all the glory. We're not worthy of it. We are to be humble and humble in every state of our walk. Amen. Amen. But look what happens to the pride of Herod. Look here, right here in our text in verse 21. It says, on a pointed day, Herod, on a set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne in royal apparel. He sat there and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting the voice of a God, not of man. On a pointed day, Herod put on his royal robe took his seat upon the throne, and delivered an oration to them. Historians tell us that this appointed day was a two-day celebration, with one day set aside to celebrate the birthday of the Roman Emperor Claudius, and day two to honor Herod himself. Herod dressed in his royal military apparel. The historian Josephus mentions his robe was made out of silver, which would have glowed and glistened in the bright Middle Eastern sun. In addition, silver ornaments were attached to the robe, causing the bright light to shine in the people's eyes, creating a kind of disco ball effect. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Y'all know about that globe. Amen. <laughs> All right, <laughs> take the halos off. Y'all know that globe that was in that club. Amen. Herod was a spectacle of glory and splendor. Herod was getting the praise. You know, he liked that, y'all. <laughs> he, he, in fact, he craved it because you got to understand where Herod was. Herod was in a messed up place, y'all. First of all, he beheaded James, right? Then he lost Peter. Amen. And then he killed all the uh, guards. Herod was in a messed up place. Then he ran down to these two uh, countries. Amen. He was in a messed up state. So Herod needed some encouragement right about. 
And the people knew exactly how to meet him where he was. Amen. They started shouting and praising Herod. You know what, Herod? And you look like a God. And guess what, y'all? We know somebody else who fell just like that. The Bible says that Lucifer had all the glory reflected on him from God. And Lucifer looked at God and said, God, I want to be just like you. And you know what happened to Lucifer? Lucifer got kicked out of heaven and all the falling angels with him. You got to be careful, y'all. When, when people start reflecting praise to you, that you don't allow it to take control of you, that you start looking around, pulling up your own bootstraps like you've done it all by yourself and start taking all the glory in for yourself. That's a dangerous place for a Christian to be. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. I tell you, Herod was a spectacle of glory and splendid. He's getting the praise. You know, he craved that. And people, they increase their platitudes. Herod sits on the throne and gives a rousing speech. And the people start their praise, their exaltation of Herod. And they actually say, this is a voice of God, not of man. In fact, Scripture says they are shouting it. The word shouting indicates this was a continual cry or a loud clamor. Luke used the same verb in the, for the Jewish crowd in Luke 23, 21. When Luke says, when they kept on saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, hallelujah. Now you can imagine that this egomaniac, this narcissistic personality is just eating this up. And he does, y'all. He takes it all in and it takes control of him. This was Herod's final test. He, would he receive this blasphemous praise, or would he quickly refuse and give God the glory? In contrast, when Peter encountered people wanting to worship him, that centurion in Acts chapter 10, verse 26, he said, get up. You don't praise me. I'm nothing but a man. But we're going to learn later on, y'all, when Paul and Barnabas heals a man and the people run after them and want to make them God, they rent their clothes. Up. You ain't going to put that on me. I'm not going to accept that. I'm nothing but a man saved by grace. <laughs> Woo. Mm, I feel like boxing. Mm. Yeah, mm. this was Herod's final test, y'all. Peter encountered, and they, they fell, and nah, you're not going to put that on me. You're not going to uh, make me something that I'm not. I realize in who I am and what I am. I realize how messed up I am. I realize how I've dropped the ball, and in spite of that, God keeps using me. Instead, Herod neither denied nor reflected this adoration. It's a serious sin, y'all, to take God's glory from him. Listen to these passages. Exodus chapter 20, verse 5. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. Leviticus chapter 10, verses 1 to 2. Now Nahab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it. 
and laid incense on it and offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And fire out from before the Lord consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Psalm 115, verse 1. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. So rather than give praise to God, he receives their worship, and it is a sentence to his death. Herod forgot that he is unworthy, that he's nothing without Christ, that he's only a filthy rag, unclean object, dust of the earth. Hallelujah, that we're not worthy even to call on his holy and righteous name, to even be in his presence. He forgot who he was. Well, we can't look down our nose at Herod too long because we too tend to forget sometimes when we achieve success or when we get good press clippings or when someone sings our praises. We all have this innate desire to want to be liked, want to be acknowledged, and want our names and lights. Herod forgot the Lord is worthy of all the glory all the honor, and all the praises. When I mount the pulpit, hallelujah, I'll never forget this, y'all. When I was pastoring a couple years ago, I put right on the pulpit a phrase, a statement, that no one deserves the glory but God. No one is a star but Jesus. No one ought to be celebrated but the Lord. So every time I walked up to the pulpit, before I laid the word down, before I laid my message down, I had to see that, which kept me humble because I wanted the people to see. Not me, oh Lord. Not me, oh God. I wanted them to see Jesus high and lifted up. I wanted to be moved away from the... Every time I mounted it, I wanted them to celebrate Jesus. I had to look at it every time, and it humbled me because everything in me, I wanted it to be used for his glory, that everyone would hear, will know that you are the Lord of all, and that's why he deserves all the glory. When we win a contest, he deserves all the glory. When we get a new home, he deserves all the glory. When we get a raise on the job, he deserves all the glory. When he heals our sick body, he deserves all the glory. When he brings our wayward children home, he deserves all the glory. When he delivers us from drugs and alcohol, he deserves all the glory. When he picked us up, turned us around, 
put our feet on solid ground. He deserves all the glory. He deserves all the glory for us being right here this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you. He deserves all the glory. He deserves all the glory. When we get a new job, he deserves all the glory. When he makes a way out of no way, he deserves all the glory. When he does the miraculous, he deserves all the glory. I don't know about you, but he's done some great things in my life, and I lift up my hands to him. I worship him. You wonder why I look crazy up here, that I ain't worthy. He deserves all the glory. Young people, when you ace a test, when you get good grades, he deserves all the glory. Young people, when he delivered you from not going in the direction where some of your friends went and they got in trouble, he deserves all the glory. Young people, when he touches you and calls you by your name, gives you a word and calls your name personally, not because of your parents, not because of your friends, but he has his hands on you. He deserves all the glory. I wish I had a young person in here that realized and recognized if it had not been for the Lord who was on your side, hallelujah, he deserves all the glory. Hey, when you get out of your sickness, when he picks you up off your sick bed. Hallelujah. He deserves all the glory. But guess what, y'all? Guess what? If he don't do nothing else, if he don't do none of those things, he still deserves all the glory. Hallelujah. He deserves the glory because one day we were sinking in sin, far from the peaceful shore, never to rise again. But the master of the sea, he heard our despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted us <laughs> he deserves all the glory because he saved us when we weren't even thinking about him, when we were on our, doing our own thing, when we were shipwrecked, when we was messed up, when we weren't even considering Jesus. Jesus came right where we were, and he deserves all the glory. For all you got to do is look back in the recesses of your mind. In fact, my mind is doing crazy things right now. I can see back where he touched me when I was down at 46 in Woodland, doing all kinds of stuff. He came to see about me. He walked in the midst of my stuff, snatched me out of darkness, brought me into the marvelous. I didn't want to come, y'all, but he snatched me out because if it was left up to me, I would have stayed right... Somebody got that testimony. Somebody got that testimony this morning that he came right where you were, snatched you out of it, and he deserves all the glory for that. Hallelujah. He's worthy of it all. I like that song. I like that song, y'all. And as they played that earlier, I encourage you, when you get a chance in your quiet time to listen to the upper room, he's worthy of all the glory. All the glory, he's worthy. They sing a part of that day and night, night and day. He's worthy of all the glory. Day and night, night and day. He's worthy of all the glory. He's worthy of all the glory. Listen to it in your quiet time, upper room. Amen, amen, amen. And if you need that, we'll put that on and we'll put a little out there that you can find it, that you're in your quiet time before your devotions, while we're going through the you version, you ought to listen to that because it keeps you in a humble state. He's worthy of all the glory. 
You know what the Greek word is for all, right? Pastor Stephan, what's the Greek word for all? It's all. Amen. Amen. All of it belongs to him. All of it. All of it belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah. The word glory is one of those religious words that we often use but may not understand. It literally means to be heavy or weighty. It has to do with reputation, fame, splendor, and prestige. It's also related to the word magnify, which we, when we, which we mean when we give God glory. We're really helping people to see how big and how beautiful he really is. The Greek equated glory with opinion. To have a high opinion of someone was to give them glory. The Hebrews, on the other hand, would think of a brilliance of God's Shekinah glory as the sum of all his attributes. To put it all together, to give God glory means our opinion of him is heavy and weighty because he is brilliant in his beauty. Right there, somebody ought to shout right there. Because when I look at God and all his goodness and all the beauty, hallelujah, I just want to bow down in his presence because he is worthy to be praised. That's what they did over Revelation, over Revelation, right? And, and chapter 19, round verse 1, hallelujah, glory and honor, dominion and power. To our God, they bowed down the 24 and 7 elders because of the weight of God, because of the glory of God. And that's how we ought to come and worship, with this weight of glory, with this exceeding weight, saying, God, you're worthy of all the glory, all the honor, and all the praises. Hallelujah. He's worthy. He's worthy of it all. God, this is the thing, y'all. God don't need us to say it because that's who God is. He's glorious in his ways anyhow. If we acknowledge it, if we don't, he's still glorious. He's still going to get the glory because that's who he is. Amen. God is glory and he's glorious in all his ways. But I like this text, y'all. I'm just getting excited the more I go through this text. Amen. It leads us to our next point. Let's look at the power of God. We looked at the predicament of the people in verses 21, 20. Then we looked at the pride of Herod, verses 21 to 22. Well, let's look at the power of God. It's right here in verse 23. The Bible says in verse 23 and 25, it says, Then immediately an angel of the Lord, struck him because he did not give God the glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry, and they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Herod did not rebuke or reject the people applause. As a result, God took Herod out in verse 23. The Bible says, immediately an angel of the Lord 
struck him down because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten up by worms and breathed his last. The word immediately means forthwith, directly and on the spot. Josephus tells us that these worms ate at Herod for five days. Inwardly, these worms were eating away at Herod. During the Civil War, the Union General John Sedgwick was inspecting his troops. One day, he came to the top of a protective wall and gazed out in the direction of the enemy. His officers suggested this was unwise, and he should duck while passing the top of the wall. The general snapped back and said, nonsense. They could hit an elephant at this distance. A moment later, the general fell to the ground dead. You got to be careful, y'all, when you steal God's glory. God is long-suffering. God is patient. But there's just some things God is not going to tolerate. God will deal with folks that just tries to steal his glory. And we see it right here in our text. The angel of the Lord struck Herod. It's amazing. The same angel that struck Peter. Get up. And Peter all in a daze, sleepwalking. Now you see the same angel striking or striking Herod. He struck him and took his life from him because he did not give God the glory. Same angel with finger worth effort struck down great, great King Herod. He died a horrible death with worms eating him from the inside out before taking his last breath. One pastor said, Herod was living for the moment but would spend eternity in hell paying for the brief moment of glory. Brothers and sisters, would you and I, you and I, exist for one primary purpose, and that is to give God the glory. The greatest good we can do is to always see God's glory. I love the first question of the Westminster Short Catechism, because y'all know I'm studying that, right? Amen. What is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That is some good news, y'all. Amen. Our chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And I don't know about you, I look forward to that day. One of these getting up morning when the trump is going to sound and we shall be with him forever and ever and ever. And we will throw our crowns towards him and bow down and worship him forever and forever and forever. That's the chief end of us, y'all. Amen. I'm looking forward to anybody looking forward to heaven. What a place that's going to be in heaven when we will shout before the Lord, when we'll get a new body, when we'll be changed in a moment in a twinkling of eye, when we shall see him, when we shall behold him in all his glory. 
No one can match his power, avoid his punishment, or frustrate his purposes. If you take on God, he will take you out. While the king became composed in verse 24. But the word, the Bible says in verse 24, but the word of God, hallelujah, it just kept on multiplying. It kept on increasing. You know, the word multiply means to be made full. Herod was history, but Jesus was alive. The leader of that part of the world was dead, but the living word was alive. Both the worms and the word of God were God's instruments. That's why he deserves the glory. The worms wiped out Herod while inspired, the infallible, irresistible, inherent, invincible, and authoritative word of God. Because the word of God keeps marching on. I don't care what you do. The word of God keeps marching on. You know, one Friday, they put the word to an old rugged cross. Hallelujah. But the word keeps marching on. Early on, on, on Saturday, they buried him in a borrowed tomb. But the word keeps marching on. But early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand because you can't keep the word down. The word keeps springing up. Hallelujah. I thank God for that because in spite of this king, this wicked king, the word of God continues to save and sanctify saints. God always wins. The gospel always worked. And you see it right here in our text while Herod was being done away with. Look at it. Look at, look at this, y'all. Look at this. Stephen Cole said something like this. At the beginning of Acts 12, we have James dead, Peter in prison, and the tyrant Herod basking in his popularity and power. At the end of the chapter, we have Peter freed, Herod eaten by words, and dead and the word of God growing and multiplying. God knows how to flip the switch. God's purposes will prevail. I don't care what your situation is. I don't care where you're at in your walk. It may be dark. It may be gloomy. You may not have any hope in it. God knows how to flip the switch. It may be bad right now. Your finances might be messed up. You may not even have a job. You may be experiencing some sickness, but God knows how to flip the switch. I tell you, he can flip the switch just like he can speak a word and your situation change. He can just look in your direction. He can send angels to deliver you. God knows how to flip the switch. Anybody excited about that in the sanctuary? I tell you, I tell you, I tell you, I tell you, verse 25 shows us God's positions, gospel workers, to do the work of the gospel proclamation. While King Herod was being hollowed out by worms, our holy God was preparing some key servants for the missionary work. And Barnabas and Saul, the Bible says, returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John Mark, John, whose surname was Mark. They had been in Jerusalem distributing the money raised by the church in Antioch. When they returned, they brought the nephew Barnabas with them. God knows how to flip the switch. Herod thought he had it all together. But in the meantime, in the back of the scene, when we can't see God, God knows how to flip the switch. Sometimes we don't see the hand of God. We don't see what God is doing. But God knows how to flip the switch. God knows where we at. In fact, God is so all-knowing that he can see a black ant on a black rock at midnight. 
God can flip the switch in your situation. And that's why we ought not to give up on God. When stuff breaks out in our life, we ought to throw up our hand in spite of our situation and give God glory to give him honor and praises in advance. Sometimes you may not even see it. Sometimes it may not even feel like you're going to get through what you're going to do. But I encourage you, my sisters and brothers, if you can just straighten up your back, lift up your head, O ye gates, and look to the King of kings. Who is the King of kings? The Lord of glory. I tell you, you ought to look to him because he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could think or even ask. God deserves all the glory. And that's why, that's why in spite of my situation, in spite of where I'm at, in spite of what's going in my life, that's why I love Andre Crouch when he sung this song, A Tribute to God. It's, I love it, y'all. My soul, when I hear this song, my soul gets excited. When, when, when I hear it, it just makes me want to praise the Lord, makes me want to worship him. And the song goes like this. Hallelujah. How can I say thanks for the things you have done for me? Things so undeserving, yet you gave to prove your love for me. The voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude. All that I am and ever hope to be, I owe it all to be. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory for the things he has done. With his blood, he has saved me. With his power, he has raised me. To God be the glory for the things he has done. Just let me live my life and let it be pleasing, Lord, to thee. And if I gain any praise, let it go to Calvary. With his blood, he saved me. With his power, he raised me. To God be the glory for the things he has done. Anybody want to give God some glory in here? Anybody want to lift up your hand and say, God, you deserve all the glory. If it had not been for you who was on my side, I would be messed up. I'll be jacked up. I'll still be on drugs. I'll still be in the wrong house, in the wrong bed. I'll still be chasing at the women. God, you deserve all the glory, all the honor. You know, you know, can't nobody make you want to glorify God. That got to come from within. You got to look back over your life and see where the Lord brought you from. He brought me from a mighty, mighty long way. And when I look at that and I realize it was God all along. God, it wasn't me. It was left up to me. I would still be where I'm at. God, I didn't pull myself up by my own bootstraps. God, I didn't get a job. I didn't get to college and be able to get into a doctorate program. God, it was you. God, it was only because of your glory, only because of you, God. When I look back over my life, the only reason I'm here now 
preaching in this pulpit because of God's glory, because what God wanted to do. And I pause right now to give God all the glory, all the honor, and all the praises. And some of you, I wish I could take the mic around to you, that you can give your testimony. You realize and recognize you can stand to your feet right now and shout, to God be the glory, because you brought me a mighty, mighty long. (laughs) To God be the glory. To God be the glory. God deserves it, y'all. And when we come in here, we ought to have a bow-down heart. To God, you deserve all the glory. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you, God, that you do deserve all the glory. It belongs to you, God. Help us never to be in the posture of Herod. God, that we are so prideful that we think there's something we've done. God, in everything... In all things, you deserve all the glory. We thank you even right now for your word. For it's in Jesus' name we pray.